Paul's letters or epistles follow a pretty standard format. He begins by offering a greeting to those that he is writing, the people and the place. And then he tells them what they should be doing better or differently to follow Jesus. Paul knows, like Jesus knew, that all of us need to be reminded of God's promises. Our brains are like goldfish. We have the propensity to forget as soon as we turn away or move on to the next task, which I think is a pretty good summary of why it is that we need sermons and have sermons within the context of our Holy Eucharist. Within our liturgy, through prayer and word, we are engaging in the act of remembering God and God's desire for our lives. Karl Barth, one of the most influential Christian theologians of the 20th century, wrote that it is through sermons that we see the revelation of God. That is, preaching doesn't just state what occurred in scripture or merely illuminate scripture and what it meant from thousands of years ago, but that sermons reveal the current work of God, word of God, because in the words of the sermon, God is speaking. The preacher's task, if done well, is to interpret the way that God is being made known right now in the moment to each of us. It's why common guidance for a preacher is that you should have the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in another. It's also why we wrestle with hard scriptures. We teach them. Don't ignore them, but wrestle and figure out what they mean. However, let's also note that I am not discussing the gospel today. <laughs> During the Reformation, preaching became more important than the sacramental acts. A great deal of importance was placed on the word of God and the interpretation of that word. We see how this influenced the architectural design of many post-Reformation Protestant churches. The pulpit is large and center, while the altar is much smaller. Sound familiar? <laughs> Within the pulpit is the preacher. And yes, a lot of what is said in the sermon depends on the quality of the preacher. Some preachers are able to draw us into the revelation of God more than others. I know that we've all sat through a few doozies. <laughs> My two goals when giving a sermon, just so you know, are one, to illuminate God and point to God, and two, not put you to sleep. <laughs> However, Sermons are not just about the preacher. Hear this. All of you make a very big difference. Giving and receiving a sermon is a communal act. It is about God, the preacher, and the people. Barbara Brown Taylor writes, If the preacher is also the congregation's priest and pastor, then the sermon is theirs in another way. The quality of their life together, the memories, conversations, experiences, and hope they share is the fabric from which the sermon is made. The preacher is their parson, the representative person 
who never gets into the pulpit without them. Taylor goes on, because the word of God is what a preacher wrestles with in the pulpit, and because it is a living word, every sermon is God's creation as well as the creation of the preacher and the congregation. Together, we create sermons week after week. What you hear may not be what the preacher says because the Holy Spirit intervened between the space of my lips and the place of your ears. This is holy. And in these holy moments of giving and receiving words, we are drawing closer to God, remembering who God is and the way that God works in us and through us and in the world. So may we remember the Apostle Paul's teaching to us, keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen.